0: Welcome to a podcast of Wyoming Chronicle, where we tell the stories of Wyoming in a weekly program of interviews with newsmakers, artists, innovative thinkers, and unique Wyoming personalities. To learn more, visit us at wyomingpbs.org. When Landers' Gabe Joyce plans his next adventure, it may be similar to this past September's Wind River High Route run a 100-mile extreme challenge from Trail Lake near Dubois to Bruce's camp near Lander, with two 13,000-foot summits in between. Nobody has run it faster than him. Mountain runner Gabe Joyce, next on Wyoming Chronicle. Funding for this program is made possible in part by the Wyoming Humanities Council, helping Wyoming take a closer look at life through the humanities, thinkwhy.org, and by the members of the Wyoming PBS Foundation. Thank you for your support. And it's our pleasure to be joined by mountain runner and adventurer and marathon runner. So many adjectives here, Gabe Joyce. Gabe, thank you so much for joining us on Wyoming Chronicle.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Gabe, oftentimes we'll start an interview with, with um, your young history and work forward. And I kind of want to do the opposite today to, ha- to talk about your most recent experiences with your mountain running, because I think maybe this summer took a turn because of COVID and you did something maybe that you hadn't planned to do maybe even just a year ago, which is running the, the, high, um, the high route of the Wind River Range.
1: Yeah, yeah, this summer I, um, I, I had a busy race schedule planned Um, With a couple trips to Europe, and I was really excited about, and COVID canceled all of it. And so once that was canceled, um, I kind of knew right away that uh, I wanted my big goal for the year to be to try to run the Wind River High Route um, and and have that
0: experience. And how would you describe the High Route? This is not a 10-mile jaunt in the wind somewhere.
1: No, it's it's pretty rugged. Um, So the Wind River High Route, it's uh, roughly a hundred miles, depending on how you do it. Um, it's maybe 60 to 70% off trail, so just uh, choosing the most efficient line through some pretty rugged country, and maybe like another 30% of it is on trail. Um, so I started from the Trail Lakes Trailhead, which is near Dubois, and then headed south through, through all kind of the glacier high country, the northern winds, through the central winds, and then finished um, at Bruce's camp in Sinks Canyon, uh, just outside of Lander.
0: So essentially, you ran from Dubois to Lander in the winds, kind of. Yeah, pretty close. Uh, um, and you did that in just under two days.
1: Yeah, it was about it was 46 or 47 hours around there.
0: Now, as far as you know, no one has ever ran that faster.
1: Correct. Yeah, I don't think anyone's ever ran it faster that I know of. So,
0: Gabe, how old are you?
1: I'm um, 35.
0: And and. Is this the wheelhouse time, so to speak, for someone who does these ultra-distant, really physically taxing marathon types of runs?
1: I sure hope so. I don't think I'm getting slower yet. Uh Um, (laughs) That'll happen eventually, I'm sure, but (laughs) yeah, I think so.
0: Walk me through the the route as you remember it. You you started near the Trail Lake Trailhead and, and headed south. Any parts of that route tougher than other parts, more of a challenge? How do you stay on route?
1: It's all challenging. Um, there, yeah, there's different challenges along the way. I think being in that high country of the northern winds can be, it can be, navigation can be challenging for folks. Um, it can be a little bit disorienting when you're up high in the sea of peaks and everything's just kind of gray and white. I spent a lot of time this summer scouting the route, spending a lot of time on it you know, at, at a slower pace and exploring and figuring out this is a good way to go, this is not a good way to go. Um, and so that really helped with navigation. Um, I also had a couple, couple tools that I used. I used like a, a Garmin inReach to help me navigate as well, and I was able to have a map on my watch um, to help with that. But really being familiar with the terrain and, and trial and error uh, beforehand was really important for, for getting around. As far as the most challenging, um, I did the route fairly late in the season. Uh, It was, you know, early September. So there was very little snow, which makes for a lot of, like, boulder hopping and scrambling in the winds, which isn't necessarily, like, extraordinarily difficult. But, like, doing it for miles is is pretty exhausting, um, both mentally and physically.
0: You're doing this some at night also. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're resting some. No. You literally didn't... Paused to sleep for a couple hours? No, I just kept the, going. Wow. Yeah. And that adds, a, a, to me, a different level of, of mental fatigue yeah. that you have to deal with.
1: Yeah, the mental fatigue was was pretty extreme. And I've done stuff through the night before, but I haven't gone through like two nights before. And I guess the, the closest thing I came to resting is when I was in the last, oh, the last like 15 miles of the run, I was in my second night. And I was... Um, I was pretty tired. Sometimes I would I would stop and sit on a rock and give myself thirty seconds to close my eyes, <clears> so that they would feel like they would start working again, <laughs> and then I would get up and get moving. So that was as close as I got to a rest.
0: There, there's so many questions just about <laughs> this run that I want to kind of talk to. We've got, and sure. then we'll have more to cover later about your history. But um, okay, you're in grizzly country. Yeah, running at night. These are nocturnal animals. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are other animals too. Is that in your mind at all? Can you stay aware when your focus just really is on this on this trail that you're, or this, this path you're trying to stick on?
1: Yeah, I think I'm pretty hyper aware of what's going on around me. You know, uh, anyone who does something like this, I would hope they're, they're there for the whole experience to uh, experience the whole landscape around them. So I'm, I'm pretty in tune with what's going on around me. Um, yeah, I'm certainly aware that there's critters out there, um, some that are friendlier than others. Um, you know, I, I carried a can of bear spray I make some noise, um, to make my presence known, but, um, it's, it's actually kind of amazing when, when you move kind of fairly quickly and quietly through the mountains, how little wildlife you do see. <laughs> um, I don't, I, I bumped into, I think a porcupine and that was about the only critter I saw, uh, during the whole run besides like a couple of pikas and
0: things like that. Sure. That's surprising. Now. Um, you, you have a wife and two children here in yep. Lander. Are they following you along via some sort of satellite tracking?
1: Yep, yep, I, um, using the uh, Garmin InReach tracker there to uh, see where my progress was. And um, if, if needed, I could send a message to them through, the, through that as well, but um, I didn't really do that much at all this trip. I just kind of kept going.
0: And, and they're tracking along. They know you're, you're still moving, I guess. Yep, so they can know uh, if I'm moving a, or not. That's a good sign. <laughs> uh, that, that's a good sign. What's your caloric intake um, when you're when you're trying to do something like this?
1: Yeah, usually when I'm running, I um, for like a long-distance run, I try to take in about 200 to 300 calories per hour. Um, for a route like this, that gets hard to do just because then you have to carry so much food. But I carried about 9,000 calories with me for the whole trip, and you just kind of keep nibbling on stuff um, to try, try to keep your energy up.
0: Until you run out
1: yeah until you run out yeah i ran out a little bit um you thought you ran out i thought i ran out this is horrible but the last (laughs) like eight or ten hours i thought i was out of food and so i had like one last like gel packet and so i would take like little drips of it and put it on my tongue just for a little bit of flavor and i tried to space that out and then when i unpacked my bag two days later i found two bars buried (laughs) in the bottom of the pack and I would have done a lot for those. Well, I'll bet you would have.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but nutrition along this way, and I'm sure, um, preparing and training too, but certainly in route is is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, what have you learned about that about nutrition while you're doing something like this?
1: Sure, it's uh, it's tricky. It can be a really tricky thing because uh, you know flavor fatigue. I know that might sound r- really ridiculous, but like getting tired of whatever you're eating is a real is a real struggle. Where people, you know, if you've packed like a whole bunch of Snickers bars, and halfway through, you're like, "I never want to see a Snickers bar again the rest of my life." That becomes an issue. Sure. Um, so figuring out like what are those foods that um, that you can uh, enjoy enough for hours and hours and hours that keep you energized? Are these
0: high tech foods that we're not going to see on a normal grocery shelf? shelf um,
1: or? not really. No, yeah. I mean, I like. There's just a, there's a couple different brands of um, granola bars I like that I can just keep eating. Um, And then there's a type of energy gel that's made up of, they're called spring gels, they're made up of like blended up rice, bananas, and fruit, and they're like in a little packet. Um, So there's nothing like crazy about them, they're just food mixed up, and um, I find that I can keep taking them down, and they still taste good, so.
0: I want to remind our viewers that we're talking to Gabe Joyce and his route from the Trail Lake Trailhead to Bruce's Camp, a 100 miles of of running in the winds, and to our knowledge, the fastest person ever to have manage that route, Gabe, so, so give us a feel for running at nighttime. Um, we've, we've, we're seeing some pictures of you with, with the headlamp on. Obviously, you, you have to make progress at night. Um, yeah is this over boulder fields too it may or may not be and all those kinds of things
1: yeah running at night is actually really (coughs) kind of lovely it's kind of a a interesting contradiction of like your own your own little bubble of your headlamp right because you can't see outside of your your little globe that's what i'm worried about yeah (laughs) (laughs) but (laughs) But also (laughs) also, i I timed it out so i had a full moon which it wasn't the brightest full moon ever but it like certainly illuminates what's around you and it's uh, seeing like the silhouette of peaks with stars above them i mean there's dark forest with trees reaching to the sky, like, you, you can't, you can't replace it with the daylight. Uh, it's, it's its own experience. Um, and it's, it's amazingly quiet. Um, and It's, it's kind of a, a, a peaceful and serene experience. Um, I enjoy it. As far as like traveling through the, through the boulder fields and stuff, you know, it's not physically any more difficult because you can see with a headlamp. I think the part that becomes tricky is the navigation when you're, when maybe, okay, you know, if you have to get to a mountain pass that's eight miles away and it's open country between you and, and, and that pass, like what, it's a little bit hard to pick your line um, mm-hmm. because it's hard to see that. Mm-hmm. And so that's where navigation can get tricky. I, I actually had one point where I was, um, I was getting really sleepy. That That's a hard thing. Um, while running? While running, yep. And so I was trying to get to, uh, it's called Europe Peak, kind of in the central part of the Winter Marine. How
0: many hours in, just out of curiosity?
1: oh close to 24 hours in um and I was getting really tired and I and on my watch I could see like a little line of where I've traveled and I saw that I looked down at my watch and I saw that I did a complete u-turn that I had turned around and was heading the the opposite direction I came from somehow I became disoriented and that's never happened before that was frustrating and inexplicable um but you know it took me a little while to correct that but uh, I mean I probably lost 30, 40 minutes. Oh my goodness.
0: <laughs> so you noticed that right there when you came home and reflected on your map, were there other times where you may have not ran the most efficient route you would hope?
1: Um, there was a few times, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um one that was pretty frustrating too was I, I've spent a lot of time in Wind River Peak, that being like the closest <coughs> big mountain to lander. Um I've gone up and down that many times and um, mm. I got to the summit of Wind River Peak just as the sun went down for a second time. And I thought, oh, this should be easy. I've gone down Wind River Peak so many times. It shouldn't be so bad. Um, but the moon wasn't up at all yet. And my headlamp batteries were getting low. And um, I took a super inefficient line down. And uh, was, that, was, uh, that was frustrating um, <laughs> uh-huh. for, for something I thought wasn't gonna be so bad. Um, I, didn't, I didn't walk in a circle or anything like that. But um,
0: You um, did this in September. Yep. When in your mind, um, after COVID came, these races started getting canceled that I'm going to commit to this. When, when was that decision made for you? Pretty
1: early on. Yeah. I want to say like February, or March. Like, I, I mean, that was, it was kind of in the back of my mind to already try to fit in this summer. Um, and, uh, as soon as, uh, one of my, as soon as my first goal race was canceled, I was like, okay, whenever high routes happening this year for sure.
0: Are all of these races that you had planned, are these all, all like, 50, 60, 80, 100 mile races or? or, Yeah,
1: yeah, I tend to gravitate some of the longer ones. You know, uh, an ultra marathon is kind of considered anything, most people would say anything over like like a 50K or more, which is like 31 miles. Um, But there's a big difference between 31 miles and 100. Um, (laughs) And so I, I tend to like the ones that are more like 100K or 100 miles.
0: Where are some other great routes that are like this in our country?
1: Um, there's a few of them. You know, The, the Wind River High Route was um, a little bit developed to be similar to... And who developed it? Um, a few people did. A guy named Andrew Skirka uh, from Colorado. He's a f- former or National Geographic Adventurer of the Year. He, he helped establish the Wind River High Route, and I know he modeled it a little bit off the Sierra High Route. Um, so that's a popular one in California. There's another line in Colorado called Nolan's 14, um, which is the goal of that one is to uh, summit... 14, 14,000 foot peaks mm. and 100 miles. Wow. Um, and that one's pretty popular being closer to the front range, um, but it is, has some similarities to the Winter River High Route. Um, so the others, there's others out there like this.
0: Take us through your training. There have to, you had to commit to a regimen, I would mm-hmm. assume, you want to do certain things at certain times yep. so that you were ready. And there's probably a taper involved and yep. all of those things.
1: Yeah, yeah, certainly it tapered for this one. Um, yeah, I, I really was uh, spending a lot of time on the route doing big days in the mountains, um, whether it was just, you know, going up to Downs Mountain for a day or going up to River Peak for a day, or I spent a couple nights backpacking part of the route going at a slower pace. Um, big days <coughs> like that. Uh, but I spent some time in other areas, too. Like, I like to go run the Tetons or run Yellowstone. That's all, that's all really fun. Um, it's also important, too. This is, could be a little counterintuitive, um, but I, I do some speedier running, too, stuff that like, might look more like workouts uh, like a 5K, 10K runner I do um, just to keep you, keep you sharp and fast. I do stuff like that at least once a week, even in the summertime.
0: How did weather planning um, work into what it, when you decided it's go time?
1: Yeah, that was actually a, a pretty careful consideration. Because <clears throat> um, up high, uh, on this particular route, if it's stormy, it, it just doesn't work. Like it's, it wouldn't be safe. Um, and so I actually did postpone just I think it was like three or four days because um, a, a system came through and it put a few inches of snow in the high country and It melted quick. Um, but there was even I think there was some lightning that came with that one too. And so I had the the ability to wait a couple of days, which was good and a little more rest. I'm sure didn't hurt me.
0: These races. When was your first real ultra marathon race? if you will, in, in the mountains?
1: Ah, uh, I did <clears throat> the Bighorn 50, I believe in 2012, and I think that was my first uh, long mountain run, and um, or at least my first long race. I did a lot of other like mountain running before that.
0: Why did you start? What made you, what made you wanna really get after this sport? Sure,
1: my wife and I used to do a lot of backpacking together, and I still love backpacking, and I think it's super fun. Um, but it's it's slow paced. Um, and when you don't have a lot of time available, that that's a hindrance. <laughs> um, and so we found that we could get to the places that we wanted to go to in the mountains in dramatically less time and, and frankly more comfortably when you're not carrying like tents and stuff like that. And so we could get to the places we wanted to go in a small amount of time and, uh, and it's a fun way to move.
0: What's the public response to these races in Italy versus here when you literally saw no one
1: yeah well i mean this this wasn't you know a race i certainly if i did something like this in italy there wouldn't have been anybody out there but the racing scene there is um pretty different i mean it's i mean there's there's crowds of people in like villages in the alps you run through and
0: you were thinking of tour de france in my mind yeah it's it's
1: it's basically like that you know um that's exciting it is people with like big mugs of beer and stuff yelling at you and (laughs) blowing through their horns and yeah I mean it's it's just fun. Where did you grow Uh, up? I grew up in southern Wisconsin in the Mm. Madison area.
0: Okay boy that's not a lot of mountains there. Nope.
1: (laughs) Nope not a lot of mountains there. Uh, My family did like we did like to take trips um, to different mountainous areas and we uh, frequented all the different state parks in Wisconsin but um, no it's nothing like nothing like western Wyoming.
0: Were you an athlete in, in high school?
1: Yeah, I, I played a lot of soccer. That was um, uh, a huge commitment of mine through like, high school and, and college. I played in college as well.
0: About your job, I mean, you, you teach virtually. Yep but oh boy, is that now a commodity to have um, post-COVID.
1: Yeah, yeah, I teach for Wyoming Virtual Academy and I have for a few years now. I, I feel pretty good about my job security this year. Um,
0: <laughs> I, I'll say unfortunately, but good for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: our enrollment like tripled or something like that this fall.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so it's, yeah, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of folks discovering the, the world of online education. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been a good thing for me as a teacher.
0: Have you ever felt, um, for lack of a better word, scared in a moment? Um, because of wildlife or or other reasons when you're out um, in the wilderness doing this work?
1: Um,
0: Not too many
1: times. I've had a a couple um, encounters with mountain lions,
0: but I've never... I'm going to pause you right there because many of us have just seen a viral video of a a person walking, I believe, in Idaho or Utah. I think in Utah. Okay. And um, this cougar is following him, and and he is aggressive towards him. And this lasted for six minutes in the video that we come to see. Um, So how did you deal with those things?
1: Um, There was one time I had a cougar follow me for a while. um, And that was actually at night too, um, which is really interesting because goodness their eyes glow in a headlamp like nothing else. Um, So it followed for a little while, but not like in that video. It wasn't like charging or anything like that. It was just like lurking behind us. um, You know, a friend of mine. Um, But the other times I've, and then it eventually just went away. And the other times I've seen cougars, um, you know, I've yelled at them once and whoosh, they're gone and ends, they're so fast and they're so quiet. They're almost like a ghost just disappearing. Um, but uh, I mean, they're intimidating for sure. sure. They'll get your heart racing. But I never thought like like I was about to be mauled or anything like no that. No
0: grizzly I, encounters either? Um,
1: I, I, when I was running in Yellowstone once this summer, I bumped into grizzly um not,
0: not literally I
1: hope not but no it, <laughs> I, I, by, the, by the time I saw it it was already running away uh-huh, and uh-huh. um that's been my typical experience is <clears throat> you usually just see their back half <laughs> yeah as they're running away from you and and I know it's not always how it goes but I, I do think that's common but people don't like to report about those stories nearly as much because they aren't as exciting but yeah
0: is there a circuit of runners where you can literally um, go almost week to week, or maybe once a month, or, or and hit races with with a group of individuals like yourself who want to compete, maybe against one another.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's races like particularly throughout the summer. There's races. You have your choice of races all over the country um, during the summer. There's there's actually starting to be quite a few out there, um, and and even through the winter, there's 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 I'm, options.
0: I'm guessing COVID has maybe ramped up um, folks who are now maybe doing this kind of stuff
1: yeah well racing didn't happen so much this year but people i mean there were some races but not many um, but people really um got into to chasing the the fastest known time on these adventurous routes as a way to get out and 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 enjoy nature challenge themselves physically and see a lot of cool stuff
0: be away from crowds
1: yep away from crowds for for the most part yep
0: so so, what's your goal, Gabe, with all of this? What, what is it that you want to either accomplish or attempt or what's on your list here? Um, good question. I don't know.
1: <laughs> um, you know, there are certainly a few races that I'm, I'm really motivated to do well at. Frankly, I don't know why, but I think it's fun. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of races in, in Europe I'm really excited about. Um, I've ran the, the Hard Rock 100 in Colorado once before. To me, that's that's about the biggest race in the United States. How do
0: you do in these races?
1: Um, I usually do pretty well. Um, so I'd like, to, I'd like to go back and do Hard Rock again someday. That's a big goal of mine. But otherwise, for sure, I just like to, I like to explore. I like to adventure. I like to see a lot of stuff. I like to challenge myself. Some days I like to run hard and run fast. Some days I like to go slow.
0: <laughs> are, there, are there a few people in the country or in the world, that you know what, I wanna go head to head with that person because I wanna beat him. Is there, is there anything like that that, that drives you?
1: No i'm not competitive as much in that sense where i'm not motivated to beat any one single person i'm more interested in seeing like what's the best that i can do on a particular route or a particular. so you're competitive
0: race. but really it's with yourself
1: yeah no i'm not out there like i, I have zero interest <clears throat> in trying to like run somebody else into the ground or something like that that doesn't appeal to me at all um the people i race against are my friends you know like we it's like you know what we like to push each other hard and so support we can, one another too. yeah but mm-hmm. support one another it's not cutthroat or anything like that or that's that's not my approach to it anyways i don't have the energy for that
0: sure but um at the end of the race is it always uh, i guess exuberance because you you finished or is it i know i could have done better and is there a lot of self reflection
1: oh yeah lots of self-reflection it varies from race to race you know sometimes you cross the finish line you're thrilled sometimes you cross the finish line it's nothing but relief that it's over <laughs> uh-huh. and uh yeah, and and sometimes sometimes it's frustration there's always something you could have done better i've never had a perfect race and um so maybe that's something i'm chasing there maybe that'd be a goal minus to have a perfect race
0: all competition aside are you a national class runner do you think yeah i would uh-huh. say so and are there folks in the world who you are aware of that you feel that if you were more competitive you could at least hang with or would want to go run with
1: um, oh, yeah. There, I mean, there's so many good runners out there. Um, it's it's kind of amazing. Um, yeah, I can I can hang with a lot of folks, but there's are certainly, uh, you know, top stars in the world that do things that blow my mind every day. And
0: what's the difference between them and you? Um, they're
1: faster. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it a genetic thing, maybe?
1: Um, so that certainly plays a role. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know. For, I can't say for sure what the difference is, but... Um, Certainly, there's there's a lot of really strong, inspiring runners in the world that I, I look up to and try to reach their level every day.
0: Well, Gabe, it'll be fun to watch your progress. Thanks, and, and to see how you uh, continue to evolve in this in this ultra marathon mountain running sport. Um, the the mental challenge of this, I guess, for you is is probably equal to the physical challenge.
1: Yeah, the mental challenge can be actually quite a bit harder. Because yeah. um, you know, once you're, when... what do you
0: think about real quick? We have just a little bit of time left. Goodness, w- what don't
1: I think about? When you're, um, <laughs> when you're
0: out there, you're by yourself, and you have another you know, 36 hours of this effort, what, what's on your mind?
1: Sure, well, I, I can tell you I'm never bored. Um, you know, I enjoy running in places like the Winnever Mountains because there's, there's so much to look at and think about. Um, you know, I, like I mentioned before, I, I have a background in geography, so I'm, I'm looking at how, like, glaciers carved out the canyon i'm in and i'm looking at the type of flowers and i'm comparing the different types of rocks from one area to another i'm looking at the uh the trees and their shapes and looking at the path of an avalanche and um so there's there's so much to think about much less pondering um all all the craziness that 2020 has brought us so uh um you know i do my best thinking out there and i'm I'm never bored
0: well we hope that craziness part is behind
1: us yeah hopefully
0: (laughs) gabe joyce it's been a pleasure to visit with you. Thank you so much for joining yeah, thank us. Thank you. It's been great. Friendly. Thanks for having me. Absolutely.
1: Oh my God! <laughs> Looks like he took the rocky way. Yeah. <laughs> oh! Yay! <laughs> oh. Oh. Whoa! Oh, I'm gonna sit on this. Did track. it? Oh my gosh!
0: Yesterday. (music) Funding for this program is made possible in part by the Wyoming Humanities Council, helping Wyoming take a closer look at life through the humanities. ThinkWhy.org and by the members of the Wyoming PBS Foundation. Thank you for your support.